Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. So I, I was over in the city of Edmond today. They're building a new park. And the slide, I like want to, clearly there were no women on the board. That thing, it looks epic. As a kid, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's go. It's all metal. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. In a like hunt- the slides from... When I was a kid. In a yeah, house. that's exactly like the slides from when we were all kids. Like, I parked my car and I walked back, like, to look because I was like, surely not. Surely they weren't that stupid. Most of the was, most of the year, it's hot. Uh-huh. I can't yeah. imagine. So clearly no women were involved in that decision making. No, no one with kids anyway. That too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. Everything in that playground is metal. The slides are metal. All the play stuff around it is metal. Unless it's like coated on the inside, maybe, but I can't imagine. And it's brand new. Brand new. Not even, The park's not even finished yet. They don't even have grass. Like, they're still putting in the pieces. Was it donated by some metal-related company? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. But this park's funded it. by Johnson Sheet Metal. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite slide as a kid was metal like that. And not only did it burn you, it also turned all of our clothes black. It's like, I almost wanted to go up and see how hot it was to the touch today because it was already hot at one o'clock today. I thought maybe, Megan, you would go take one for the team and try to go down it. It's got plywood like around the slide so kids can't like climb around in it yet. Hmm. The park itself is not finished. So I cackled. I was like, what the hell? Like, it's 114 degrees outside. Yeah, this I week. remember getting getting burns on the backs of my legs from. Yeah. Yeah. From the metal slides. And that was where, where we lived. It didn't get above 80 degrees very often. Holy crap. It has been so hot here. It's ridiculous. We need what we need. Like, we need the heat dome to peace out. And we need just like a week of rain, like countrywide. Just soak everything. Now, be careful and, what you wish for, Megan, because California got that last week and they weren't ready. Yeah, so. Vermont doesn't need any more either. That's yeah. true. Okay, yeah. well, everywhere in between those two places, they could use some Just rain. a gentle rain. A gentle rain yeah. for a couple of days. No yeah. no flash floods. No, I'm, no hurricane. I'm telling you guys, just, Wyoming is becoming like the climate mecca of this country. All this horrible stuff just goes around us. We've been... Delightfully normal all summer. Well, let's yeah. see how your win- yeah. winter is, and then you can brag. Yeah. <laughs> the Farmer's yeah. Almanac said it's supposed to be a bad winter. Yeah, that's what everybody's saying is an early, hard hmm. winter. Up on the mountain, cutting fire. We've cut 10 truckloads of firewood in the last couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Good idea. But that's fun, because if there's one thing I love more than my machete, it's my chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> But the book girls, we are a breed apart. We I have extra like skills. Things. We need to change Pat's picture on the website from the one that we have to uh, the one of her with the holding the machete. Was it a chainsaw or a machete? A machete. Yeah, yeah, we put up. It's up on the tribe, right? You put it up on yeah. the. I mean, yeah. squad, right? Yeah. She she looks like like one of those uh, backwoods rednecks. 
If it wasn't yeah, for it was, the Einstein t-shirt, that would have made it absolutely no, perfect. It, the Einstein made it perfect because she's not just a villain. She's an genius villain. She's an evil genius. Evil genius villain. Evil oh, genius. Like evil genius. <laughs> That's the best thing anybody said about me all month. Evil genius. Yes. I know what um, this weather has made me realize. Hmm. That there needs to be a section in the parking lot for um, for thick-thighed girls. <laughs> because I have uh, eaten through another pair of jeans, you know, walking back and forth in this heat. Right. And, they you know, start, you get are, that friction going. And Are they catching fire, Bonnie? <laughs> starting fire. That might be why there's fires in Louisiana right now. It sparks from my inner thighs that hit the wind. Oh, God. <laughs> oh man. There's a lot of big girls in Louisiana, so maybe that's where it's coming from. <laughs> it's from not discarded cigarette butts. It's from thick-thighed girls trying to make it into Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up! They need, like- Before this last weekend's Lit Fest, it had been a while since we had gone out. Because we had been, we did a lot of events last year. We kind of took a break. And now we're doing another event this coming yes. weekend. Yes, sort of. It's a, Day, yeah, I was going to say it's not officially a weekend because we're going out on Labor Day. So we will be at ReaderCon here in Oklahoma City on Labor Day, which I believe is the 4th, from 9 a.m. to 5 at the Renaissance Waterford. We're bringing our gear and chatting with authors that are going to be there chatting with listeners and attendees uh, i think the plan we sort of discussed was we'd put some of them up on our youtube and stuff uh it won't have video it'll just be audio but that'd be a good way to kind of beef up our youtube presence and to meet some more local folks because lit fest was super fun and we got to meet all kinds of people we ran out of business cards we met so many people so yes we did we're excited nice. to be at ReaderCon on the fourth. It's on at six sixty third and pen. Okay. But we're excited to go to ReaderCon and meet some new new BFFs and new listeners. Yay. We need to pump up our Oklahoma City people. The fest was super cool. I don't know. ReaderCon's gonna be better. It. All three of us are gonna be there, all three Okie Lokies. Yeah. Unfortunately, Pat can't make the journey every time we pull an event well, out know, of last, our butt. Like, last year, you guys had done a bunch of events and I finally came for one and then that was the last one we did. So I broke the live events. It's best that I stay away. Oh, you did not break the. Live <laughs> you did events. not break the, the live, live events. events. I think that you, was just that. That was a a, a compilation of shit realizations. Yes, <laughs> we're excited. So come see us because we're going to be there all day, and we're going to need people to talk to. Me and Vonnie and Megan are going to be out on the town. Too bad they don't serve beer there because we'd have even more fun. I was going to say, well, and it's table and, with the wine. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Well, and let's be real, it's probably going to be hot. And so come inside and hang out with your book people. Yeah. And there's a lot of authors coming. I don't have the list pulled up off the top of my head, but he has like a ton of authors booked to be there. So For the writer con. Hopefully they'll stay well, for yeah. the reader so con. So there's writer con is the couple days before, and then reader con is on Labor Day. So today I saw the most bizarre article about a trend that, that is taking place in China. Now we've usually the, the Chinese trends for young women are really bizarre. And I don't know why that is. But this latest one is they want to make their legs look longer. As you know, Chinese people tend to be small in stature. Well, they 
obviously want to go for looking like they have longer legs. Well, what they're doing is they're putting a decal on their stomach that looks like a belly button so it'll make their legs look longer. It works with high heels, but I don't think it would be as effective with what it's going to do is make your abdomen look really long. Every culture has their own trends. You just got to roll with it. I've discovered audiobooks have ruined me for any kind of Zoom training ever. You can't turn them up? No, because I they're done in a group. So, I mean, I can't turn them up, turn them up to a higher speed if there's seven people watching the same video. Oh, but does, I, what I do, I have to go back later and l- listen to it a second time. Can you talk faster, please? Yeah, right. <laughs> Need you to sound like a chipmunk, please. <laughs> you know, I just get too bored. It doesn't hold my interest if they aren't there talking slow. It's because your brain works faster. I used to wonder why it was that I couldn't pay attention to an audiobook if it was on slower speed. It's because my mind just goes faster than they're talking. I get distracted. Yeah. Yeah. And it would make good sense if you could like turn up the speed. If Just you were... put your whole life in, in a 2.0 speed. <laughs> Sometimes that would be breeze, an advantage. Breeze through an eight hour workday in six hours instead. It would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, could, I could maybe go for that. Just fast forward through all the bullshit conversations they have to have during the day. and Exactly. Yeah. When your coworker tells you they have bed bugs, what are you supposed to do with that? You ask them to leave your office and take the chair they were sitting in with them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel bad when that kind of stuff happens because it doesn't always happen to people who are filthy. I mean, sometimes you were unfortunate enough to bring a piece of clothing or furniture or something from somewhere that's been exposed. Or like if you go on vacation or your suitcase gets it. It has happened. Dylan had yeah. this girlfriend one time who was, yeah, he, he brought bed bugs home. Must have been on her clothing or something because, but I caught it because I came in to change his bed. He was probably, I don't know, 15 or 16. I came in to change his bed and I found them. So then, of course, I fumigated the entire bedroom and they died. So that was good. I saw a story of that, that jail that they... But Fulton County or the one that they took Trump to 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 process him in. Uh-huh. At, they're in the middle of a big controversy because just maybe a month or two ago, an inmate died. And part of the contributing cause to his death was that he was covered in bed bugs. <gasps> Can you die via bed bugs? I guess if they bite you and they carry diseases. Yeah, I was going to say those they carry diseases. Well, you know, Oklahoma City's having a problem with bed bugs right now. Oh, we got to stop They've- talking about bed bugs. It's <laughs> making me itch. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. Tell me. Tell me. Well, just they're having to switch out all of their mattresses because all of the inmates have it, it they've been sick and it's driving them crazy and their mental health is bad because all of the mattresses are crawling with bed bugs. <laughs> <sighs> Didn't Rachel read a book one time about bed bugs? It was a horror. It was a horror horror novel. Yeah, I read one. Oh, like, d- nope, absolutely not. I think Rachel read one about bugs, and it might have been bed bugs. And it was when we were doing that. Um, your own worst phobia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your own worst. And she has a theme one. Yeah, she's got an issue with bugs. Rachel does. She does not like. Yeah, she doesn't even like butterflies. That blows my mind. I can't imagine. 
being that freaked out. Well, I mean, there are a lot of people who are freaked out by moths and they don't even they don't even bite. They don't even have a mouth. They have a proboscis that's used for sucking nectar. They're still creepy as fuck. Come moths on, Pat. Moths send me over the edge. <laughs> oh, oh, there's just something. It's something about that that fuzziness. It's something about the way they flutter. <laughs> I get so freaked out by them. And people who get like get the big ones and say, aren't they pretty? It's like, no, they're dangerous. They will kill you. Yeah. You would not have wanted to be around Dylan yeah. when he was a small boy because he really, really loved picking up big bugs and showing them off. It was his favorite sport. Mm. No, no, not so much that for me. <laughs> Suddenly my, my scalp is kind of itchy. Suddenly I'm about to log off this Zoom call. Oh, okay. I suppose we could probably start with some books now. So we've got Megan totally twitching over there. It's not even yeah, spooky I season. I just, I just quit listening. I was looking up reading journals because I've decided I need to like re. I used to have one where I had like just kind of free wrote things, but I kind of feel like I want one that gives a little more direction mm. to what I write to try mm. to help me remember more details of things. Mm. Like if I wasn't so particular about my books, I would seriously consider start starting annotating oh. and like doing all the tabs and stuff mm -hmm. because. So many times I want, I'll be like, oh, that's such a good quote. And I don't write it down or I don't have a way to like mark it. And then when I go to review the book or whatever, then I'm like, damn it. I can't remember like half the things I was going to say. Just get the so flags. I'm... Just get the flags. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. If anyone has any suggestions, feel free to drop them those in the comments. Those people are, those people social. are all about spreadsheets. So you're not going to get anything that, that is right. Hey, you never know. Some people still have, I have a book I used to write in. But I just it, I I'm, filled it, two of those bad boys up in a year and had to, <laughs> to yeah. switch it out because it wasn't working. I might need to venture into some local indie bookstores because, you know, sometimes they have them in stock and you can like look at them mm. like they mm. can find them in a lot of indie bookstores. So I might have to make some pilgrimages <laughs> to our indies in the area. Mm. Mm. OK, let's let's transition into some reviewage. Bonnie, do you have any bugs or creepy guys in your books? Mm, well, guy, that's maybe a little creepy. We'll take, okay, it. we'll take it. So I did not read a historical fiction this week. Again? Wow. I know. I took a break from it. This one was just a psychological thriller called Bring Me Back by B.A. Paris. Uh, it was recommended to me by somebody at work. Thank you, Amanda, if you're listening. And yeah, this book was really pretty good. It does have a trigger warning for domestic violence. It's not like in detailed, but uh, it does exist in this novel. So there's that. So this book is, it starts out with Finn and Layla. And they're a young couple uh, that have kind of had like a whirlwind romance. Finn is originally from Ireland and lives in London. Layla is from Scotland. And she came to London on a vacation and where she was supposed to stay kind of uh, fell through and he helped her find a place to stay while she was in London and everything. So helps her find a place to stay in London. And then their, their romance just kind of blossoms from that. And this is a little bit in the future, but not too much because like I said, it was a very quick romance for them and they are in France together 
on, what do they call it, on holiday. And they stop at a rest stop along the highway because Finn has to go to the bathroom. So he goes in, Layla's still in the car, and he comes out and Layla's not in the car anymore. And besides that, this little Russian doll that's kind of like her talisman, like she carries it everywhere, is laying on the ground <gasps> outside her door. So he think, he picks up the doll and puts it back in the car and he thinks, okay, well, maybe she just ran to the bathroom. So he waits there for her to come back and she never comes back. <gasps> she just disappears. And then that's how the book starts. And you also get the sense that there was tension between them. Something had happened before they had stopped at the rest stop for Finn to go to the bathroom, but you don't know what really. And so you fast forward in time. This book actually jumps around in time periods quite a bit. You fast forward in time 12 years and Finn is engaged to be married to Layla's sister, Ellen. And he can't remember where he finds it, but somebody leaves a Russian doll exactly like the one that Layla lost outside of the car, like outside of his and Ellen's house. And then he starts getting emails, these menacing emails and finding these dolls everywhere. And he doesn't know what's going on. And it, it just, it builds from there. As you're reading this and more things come into light, you find out that Finn kind of has an anger management problem. He tries to control it, but he does have fits of rage. And you also find that uh, Layla and Ellen didn't exactly come from the best home life. And all of this kind of plays into the whole story. It was pretty good. I liked it. I did figure it out before the end of the book, figure out the plot. Sometimes the journey is just as much fun as the actual twists. So yeah, it was a pretty good book. It was well-written. There isn't any super graphic parts to this. There isn't any super graphic sex scenes. So I think it would be okay for a teenager. Um, there is some violence. And I mean, you're talking about a missing person and everything and some domestic abuse. So maybe not younger kids, but it was pretty good. And that again was called Bring Me Back by B.A. Paris. Awesome. I'm awfully glad that you are talking with book uh, book girls from work. That's awesome. Well, you know, we talked about a while back about how the younger generation are book readers. Like books are all of a sudden like sexy again, like they're cool. Mm -hmm. Well, those are people that I work with now. So like they even have like a book club, which I'm going to have to find out more about like a at my work. We They have a dedicated book club. Wow. So I'm going to have to find out more about that. And I've passed out a lot of business cards actually at work awesome. since I've started awesome. that new awesome. job. So might be time to do another big live event if we can get some new people. Yeah. Hey, yeah. All right. Should I fill Keith's void this week? Do it. Fill Keith's void. Are you got a romance? I do. Oh no. Okay, okay. Megan, do it. <laughs> So this week I read The Dead Romantics 
by Ashley Poston. And if that author sounds familiar, it's because I have reviewed her Geekerella books that she did a couple years back. But this is her first adult fiction. The other books were considered YA. She's one of those authors that is like an immediate buy for me. I'm like, I don't care what it is, like, give it to me. And so I actually ordered like a, re- a nice signed copy that has like sprayed edges. Mm, nice. And, yeah. So fancy. I, it's very fancy from Fairy Loot. If you've never looked at them, they have cool stuff. Um, so we have the Dead Romantics. And our main character, her name is Florence Day. And she is a ghost writer for one of the biggest romance authors of all time in this universe. And she has been ghostwriting for this author for four or five years now. Like it's not a new thing. And she's, so she's been her ghostwriter and she has a new editor and her new editor's name is Benji. uh, Also goes by Ben. And she has not finished the newest book because she has the worst writer's block because of a horrible breakup that she had like a year ago. And so she has decided romance is dead and I can't write romance anymore because of this terrible breakup. And she has to go face this new editor and tell him that the book is not done, but she doesn't know if he knows that she's the ghostwriter. Like she is known as this woman's assistant. Oh. So she doesn't know, like, does he know that I'm the ghostwriter? Does he just think I'm the assistant? So she's freaking out all the way around. And and goes and meets with him and is like, okay, she'll get it done. I promise she'll get it done. And he won't give her an extension. And, and so she's just freaking out because she knows that it's in her hands. Like she has to get this book done. And every time she goes to write the ending of the, you know, because in every romance, something pulls them apart and then they have to find their way back together to live happily ever after. And she's at the, everything's pulled them apart. And she's at the scene where she's trying to get them back together. And they're like standing in the rain. And every time she like has one of them get struck by lightning or something, she can't write like where they all get back together. She'll be like, and then the skies opened up and a lightning bolt hit character A. (laughs) So she's just been super struggling. Because she doesn't feel like romance exists. I will give a trigger warning for this book. It does deal with um, parental death. So just know that going in. If you are not in a headspace for that. Stick it on a TBR pile. Um, but she. Her roommate drags her out to go out. And she sees her ex. At the bar. That they go to. And Ben and Benji's there. And she like runs out of the bar. because She's like I just can't deal. And ends up. Uh, make it out with Benji for like a hot second because he is apparently very attractive. And so um, that happens. And then her phone rings and it like keeps ringing. She keeps ignoring these calls. So she finally answers it. Come to find out that her father has passed away. And she has to go home. And she hasn't been home in 10 years. And part of the reason she hasn't been home for 10 years is this is not a spoiler because it's fairly early in the book. Is she basically was chased out of town because in a very sixth sense kind of way, she can see ghosts. Okay. Now, now, now you're veering into a uh, weird territory there. Megan. It is a little weird, but <laughs> it's romance weird. So she has and her, and her family runs the funeral home. So like ghosts and funeral homes, it all goes together. And her dad also had this, this 
talent or gift. Um, but she solves the murder of one of her classmates when they were like 13 because she's talking to his ghost. And the headlines in the town basically are like, girl solves murder, like missing person's case by talking to his ghost. And so everyone thinks she's crazy. So she kind of goes home and is nervous because she's like worried. She doesn't think her dad has any unfinished, any unfinished business, but she's like, what if my dad's ghost is there? Like, I don't know if I'm ready. So she goes back home. Her relationship with her siblings has been pretty strained over the past 10 years that she hasn't been home. And it's just not going well. And anytime there's ghosts around, the crows will roost wherever the, the spirit is. And she is at home doing funeral stuff. They're reading the will, doing all those things. And all of a sudden she sees a ghost in her, out of the corner of her eye. And she's like, well, wait a damn minute. I know that person. I know that ghost. And it's Benji. And this is not a spoiler because it's relevant for the rest of the story. So the her guy best friend she calls was just the guy she was just snogging. Yes. Also the new editor. So she calls her her best friend and they're talking. She's like, oh, my God, did because she's like, there's no way that Benji's dead. Like, I must just be manifest manifesting, like seeing him because I'm stressed and I'm worried about this book and like all this. So her best friend calls and she's like, did you hear that Benji got hit by a car? And she was like, oh, shit. OK, like that's his ghost. Got it. And her kind of goal is to always help, you know, help the ghosts finish their unfinished business and move on. So she really gets to know Ben, or Benji, uh, as she's going through the process of her dad's funeral and like all these things. And she gets really attached to him and is like, I don't want him to go. I don't want him to have resolve his issue. I, I like him here. He's comforting to me. We're like friends now <laughs> and all this. Um, so it is a, and I can't really can't say too much more because anything else would be a spoiler. Uh, but it is a wonderful story of her refinding herself in her career. Uh, and oh, and the kicker is that no one knows that she's the ghostwriter for this author. And oh, I forgot like a main part issue with the damn boyfriend. Okay, I'll tell you now. Uh, <laughs> the ex-boyfriend. So no one knows that she's the ghostwriter for this author. It's like the best kept secret in literature. And her boyfriend, she started to tell her ex-boyfriend, she started to tell him one day about being able to see ghosts and talk to ghosts. And then she kind of chickened out at the last minute and said, oh, these are all stories that we used to tell at the funeral home. Like none of, you know, here, whatever. And he stole her stories and turned them into his own fucking book. What a dick man he's a dick so benji does finds out as they're talking and getting to know each other and so he's like if i were alive i would punch him in the face and she's like well you can't because you are vesper <laughs> you can't do anything um so he gets like real defensive of her and they just have this great kind of relationship and she keeps trying to finish the book because she's convinced that the unfinished business that he has is her manuscript and so she keeps trying to write the book and keeps struggling and just really falling for Benji and is like super pissed that he's a ghost because she's like, he can't stay. He ca I can't be in a relationship with a ghost type situation. So such a good book. I finished it last night and I actually made a TikTok about it this morning and a whole bunch of people have been commenting on it. 
um, on our TikTok being like, oh my God, yes, this book, it's so good. Um, I think it's highly underrated. I think it kind of flew under the radar, but such a great book. And for her first like adult fiction, romance or not, but adult fiction, it was chef's kiss. And I need more. And I can't, there's more that happens and I can't tell you because it's spoilers and then you'll be sad. Um, But it is a great little journey of Florence finding like herself and and her family and just yeah it's so good highly recommend it and that is the dead romantics by ashley poston and the whole time i was reading it i kept singing taylor swift's new romantics in my head (laughs) because it fits but it is not new romantics it's the dead romantics you know when you said the crows would come and hang out when there are ghosts around my first thought was do the spirits carry snacks? Because crows are usually, you know, they usually hang out with people who give them food. So I'm wondering Maybe. what the draw is. Maybe. I don't know, but they're always there. They, they, they definitely must have snacks. They they have to. They must. Well, I'd read it again in a heartbeat. That, that sounds like it might fit in kind of uh, like for October, for an October read as well. Yeah, it definitely could. <clears throat> it does have a little, it could be an October read. Mm-hmm. It could be, a, or like a late September because you got some you ghosts in there, even though it's a romance, you got some ghosts. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, Gross. Pat. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. I have a sci-fi book this week. Yay. It's called Bellwether, and it's by Connie Willis. Isn't, this Connie, is book- isn't Connie Willis the same one that did... Uh, the, the doomsday book oh okay yeah yeah that was okay that's what she's most famous for yeah i reviewed that years ago but go ahead connie willis is one of the unjustly lesser sung writers in the sci-fi world if you add up awards this woman has won more hugo and nebula awards total than any other sci-fi writer She's won the Sci-Fi Writers Grand Master Award, which is one they don't give ever. They've given it for 45 years. They've only given 39 of them. Some years, nobody is good enough to win that. And she is one of the, and one of relatively few women who have won that award. Hmm. And yet she's not one of the names that just leaps to mind when you think about classic sci-fi writers. But she really is a wonderful writer. I enjoy her stuff. So this book, Bellwether, was written actually in the mid-1990s, but it seems almost weirdly contemporary because some of the stuff that's going on in it still goes on. Um, one of the central characters is a male clerk. Uh, her She goes by the name of Flip. And she is, I'm sure in the 90s, we would have called her the ultimate valley girl. She was, she's just like, everything is just so annoying. Oh my God. Can you believe what she has to put up with? That's, and uh, she's the character that kind of ties this whole book together. Although she's not the main character. The main character is Dr. Sandra Foster. And she works for a company called High Tech. It's never specified exactly what High Tech does. But high tech wants to know about fads and how fads spread so that they can take advantage of that to create some product that will become a fad. And well, Dr. Foster's specialty, she's really in uh, social sciences and her specialty is 
how trends break out, how fads come into being, what causes them, what causes them to go away when they go away. And the one that she's currently working on is actually hair bobbing from the 1920s. What got women started after decades or centuries of women wearing their hair long, always growing it long, suddenly they started cutting it off. And she's throughout the book, always going back to her research about what caused hair bobbing. And one of the other things that makes this book fun is that each chapter is introduced with a little mini summary of a fad from the past, when it became popular, why it became popular, how long it lasted. So everything from hula hoops to pet rocks to all kinds of, can't think what else some of them were, but it's a fun little side note that you get as you progress through the book. Well, Dr. Foster has a problem in that Flip, the who is officially the mailroom assistant, shows up at her office with a package and leaves it with her. And the package says, perishable, you know, take care of this immediately. Only the package isn't for Dr. Foster. Flip has just randomly delivered it to somewhere else because she doesn't want to be bothered going all the way down to the basement and over to the other side of the building where the woman who was supposed to receive the package works. So Dr. Foster does that. The woman's not in her lab. She makes arrangements to make sure that it's refrigerated. And while she's down there, she runs into Dr. Bennett Riley, who is doing research on a combination of, of game theory and something else involving probability. That didn't stick in my mind as well because I don't understand those fields. Anyway, they are all in the midst of applying for funding for their various grants. And the company has just put out a bunch of new funding forms. They are totally inexplicable. No one understands how to fill them out. And so they're all running around trying to get the information, which they don't quite know. Flip helps out by handing out wrong information left and right. <laughs> and she's supposed to collect the forms and, and some of them disappear. She just, everything she touches kind of turns to shit. But she goes on unscathed through all of this. And in fact, at a company meeting, the company, the company itself is swept by different fads of management styles. And so like they go through a period where it's all touchy-feely meetings and hold hands with the person next to you and tell them five <laughs> things you like about them and six things you'd like about working for the company. And, <laughs> and the smarter employees are always like, Oh, as soon as they start doing this stuff, it's time for a bathroom break. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> this book is very funny too. I should say it's not, it's not a comic, a comedy per se, but it's very funny and very witty. And if you've dealt with any of these modern trends in management, you will enjoy the parody of some of what goes on in contemporary business worlds. At any rate, because of the inex well. Dr. Bennett's plan is for an experiment in which he's going to get a bunch of macaques, a particular type of monkey, and he wants to teach one of them a skill and see whether it spreads through the rest of the pack because macaques have very strong uh, group social interactions. Because of all these problems with the funding, he doesn't get his funding and he can't get the macaques. So he's looking for something else to run the experiment on. Well, Dr. Foster periodically dates this guy who is a Wyoming rancher. This is all set, by the way, in Boulder, Colorado. That's where high tech is located. 
So she dates a Wyoming sheep rancher and she's always on the, he never or hardly ever appears in person, but she's on the phone with him. And he's always, he is never at the sheep ranch. Is that every time she talks to him, he's like, well, I'm driving down to Durango for a conference on this kind of sheep and I'm about to go through a tunnel. So, and then he disappears and she doesn't hear back from him for two days. And at one point he's driving to Lander for a teleconference on teleconferences. And I'm just like, yes. I but she has the idea when the money doesn't show up for the macaques to use sheep instead. Sheep are social animals. Sheep herd together, they flock, they follow one another. So the rancher says, sure, I can give you a bunch of sheep. So he has a bunch of sheep truck down there and they have them in a pen behind the high-tech corporate headquarters. And they can't get the sheep to do anything. They, they realize that they can't teach the sheep a skill to see if it spreads because sheep are so stupid that you can't <laughs> teach them anything. <laughs> but then there's a woman who has been hired to be Flip, the mailroom mail assistant who has rechristened herself something like intercompany communications coordinator uh, and then convinced management that she needs an assistant. So, Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the woman they hire to be her assistant is she's ostracized by a lot of people because she smokes. And that's one of Flip's particular. Do you know how bad that is for you? You can't smoke here. And she keeps starting initiatives to not allow smokers anywhere on the, the grounds of the company. But this woman that they hire, the smoker who says, yeah, I'm, I know everyone hates me because I smoke. And so I'll just you know, kind of keep my head down. She's brilliant. Whatever you give her to do, she does it and does it better than you ask her to do. And she's a fountain of information about virtually any topic you talk to her on. And she, amongst other things, says, I grew up on a sheep ranch. You need a bellwether. Yep, we have a title for the book. The bellwether is the sheep that the other sheep follow, the natural leader of the herd. And so they go through all of this stuff to identify to find a bellwether, which as it turns out, was not sent along with the rest of the herd. So they have to get the bellwether from the sheep rancher and identify it and then try to get it to do something and see if the other sheep will learn from it. I don't want to say too much more because, uh, well, one more thing. All of these scientists with their various projects are applying for money from something called the Niebnitz Foundation, which gives huge awards for no, and no one knows quite why. Um, they don't publish their criteria. The awards are, all, they're within science, but they vary widely in the fields they're awarded to. They're not given on any set schedule. Sometimes it's two in a year. Sometimes they don't give any for three or four years. But they're enormous awards, and high tech really wants one of their scientists to win a Niebnitz Award. So there's the, all of this competition going on underneath this, and the scientists trying to get their money, trying to win a Niebnitz Award, and the one woman, the woman who was originally supposed to receive the package that kicked this whole thing off, is now making a study of Niebnitz Awards winners to try and figure out what the qualities are that lead to you getting a Niebnitz Award. <laughs> it's a funny book. It's got really insightful, satiric, commentary on the fads in management and the way that people are managed by large corporate entities. The characters are engaging and it's 
And it's not a lengthy book either. I think the audio book was something like maybe six or seven hours. Whoever read the audio book did a wonderful job creating the character of Flip, especially. I and mean, the whole thing was, re- well, was well read, but her characterization of this bored, barely out of her teenage years and scornful of everything around her kind of male office assistant who manages to garner all kinds of power within this company is absolutely delightful. And for literary fans, there's also a connection. The whole thing, and it's mentioned in the book, the the poem is, it's a poem by Robert Browning called Pippa Passes. It's a 19th century poem about Pippa, which is short for Philippa, who's a factory factory worker girl who gets one day off a year. And on her one day off a year, which is New Year's Day, she chooses to walk through her town and observe what's going on. And because of her sweet and thoughtful and innocent nature, she brings some kind of joy or delight into the lives of all the people that she passes through as she walks the town on her one day off. Well, Flip is also short for Philippa. And Flip also brings change into the lives of everyone whose life she touches, only it's not usually by delighting them. It's more because everybody is always pissed off at her and always (laughs) (laughs) But she, as such, may in fact have something to do with fads and how fads get started. Hmm. So it's a very fun, it's, it's not a deep and heavy book, but it's got some meat on its bones and it's entertaining as all get out and really funny in a lot of places. So I highly recommend Bellwether by Connie Willis. Excellent. I'm going to surprise you again this week. Did you read a romance? No, that's <laughs> never going to happen. That's never going to happen. I'm not surprised. Actually, um, I'm not really sure how to categorize this book. It, it, defies categorization. It's called Ripe by Sarah Rose Etter. And it's about younger person. I mean, obviously, she's graduated from college. And she is she got a job with a very prestigious tech startup in Silicon Valley. And actually, I think it's uh, San Francisco specifically that she lives in. The, the story follows her through this journey, so to speak, of being, of working in this company that is a company that is so ridiculously unforgiving of its workers because they're trying to get their, you know, they're trying to stay on top of this impossible industry, this impossible industry that is constantly changing. And they're, they're always trying to come up with more and bigger ways to win out over their competition. So they're, they're constantly overworking their people. And Cassie is the main character. And she, we find out in the very beginning, she's obsessed with black holes. But it's not for the reasons you might think. It's because she pictures her companion going through childhood and life as this black hole. It's like her emptiness follows her around. You can tell that she's depressed. Throughout the, throughout the book as a whole, you hear stories about her mother and the way her mother was to her growing up. And it's just awful. 
Her mother's just an awful, awful person. Clearly disturbed. But it's really not the main focus of the book. Cassie is the main focus. And she she does things like she has to take cocaine constantly in order to stay up and alert because she's not getting enough sleep. They're constantly, every time she's about to get a day off, they constantly require her to be someplace else. They, they sign her up for all of these, you know, it's mandatory for everybody to be at this particular dinner or meeting or, you know, and it's just constant. You kind of get a peek into her relationship with her boyfriend who is already living with his girlfriend. She calls him the chef. And you kind of get a peek into their relationship. And it seems like, you know, they're really delighted to be with one another and whatnot. But you discover fairly early on that he is clearly very committed to his girlfriend and has no intention of leaving his girlfriend. But we find out that Cassie is pregnant. So on top of all the other horrible things that are happening to her life, she finds out she's pregnant. Or she suspects it at first. And so over the black hole hanging over her head during the first section of the book when she's dealing with all of these things that are going on at her workplace, the black hole is the pregnancy because she thinks she might be pregnant with, of course, the chef's baby. And the chef, um, she knows that that will not, if, it, if that actually turns out to be the case, she knows that there's nothing that she can do about it. And it, it gets worse because one day she comes home and there's a note slipped under her door that her rent is going up $900 a month. So just the existential dread and horror of her solitary, depressing life, even though she has this amazingly high-powered job in the tech industry, is you just find the book crushing sort of like the black hole. If you fell into one with either crushing or being pulled apart and it happens, it, the, the story takes place right as COVID's starting to hit. So you follow her through the journey of thinking she's pregnant, then knowing, knowing she's pregnant, then deciding what to do about the pregnancy and the whole time, she's completely alone. She hasn't at, talked to anybody about it. She has internalized the whole thing. And it reminds, honest, honestly, I, I sort of examined this later as to why in the world would I, A, want to keep reading this book, and B, why I could relate to it so well. And it's because when you're young, and you already feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders because you have to survive. And it's like she didn't, she didn't feel like she really had much of a support system in her family because of her family being the way they are. Her, she's very close to her father, but yet her mother is completely insane and she can't really talk to her dad without her mom knowing about it and her mom will often is her mom is jealous of her relationship with her dad so her mom often butts in on her conversations so she doesn't feel like she can be honest with the only person in her life who might give her some solace 
I mean, I felt a lot like that when I was growing up. I felt like that black hole because when you have depression, that's what it feels like. It feels like no matter what you do, it follows you around. And so because it was so well written, I just sort of fell back into that feeling of when I was a young person, even though I had nothing in common with her particular situation and just sort of wrote it out into this amazingly well-written story. And it didn't even have a happy ending. I mean, it was just seriously a depressing book. However, I gave it five stars because it was so amazingly good. Extremely well-written, very thought-provoking, and just an overall really fantastic description of what it is like to be depressed. So I recommend it, but I do give this caveat. It, it, it's depressing. The book is depressing. And if, you've, and if you've ever been pregnant and thought about terminating or actually did terminate your pregnancy, you might want to avoid this one because it's very, very, could be very triggering. Once again, the book was called Ripe, R-I-P-E, by Sarah Rose Etter. That sounds like a very sad book. It wasn't sad. Yeah. It was. It wasn't sad. It was crushing. It was. It was depressing. I mean, there, there's a difference between sad and depressing. I mean, sad is something. Anyway, I didn't think it was sad. I thought it was depressing. But yet, it was good. And for somebody who sort of went through some similar feelings in my life. It, I did bring the room down again, though, didn't I? Holy shit. You did. We, you need to stop going last. Shit. Yeah. I should have let Pat go last today. <laughs> <laughs> Although next week, I think I'm going to go with something funny. A book I just finished that I was talking to Vani about. Because she read a similar one. Kind of similar last week. Because it was I need to figure out what I want to read next. Nonfiction. I always try to wait a day between when I finish a book and when I pick up a new one. Because if I don't give myself a gap time is when I get in a book rut. So I try to like cleanse my brain before I try to make a decision. Mm. And I think I have a couple arcs. I need to look when they come out because I think we've been sent some arcs that I said you'd read. read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you read Adrian Tchaikovsky's And Put Away Childish Things? I don't. The one where... The main character is the guy whose grandmother wrote a famous children's book series and he gets transported into that world. No, I did not read that one. I, that one was on my on my list of things I wanted to read, but the library didn't have. So I have to choose them somehow. You don't think you'd want to speed up your life? No, it goes fast a damn enough on its own sometimes. Not even like the drive home. So instead of like 30 minutes, it would only take like, no, because that's my time in the car where I talk to Rachel. <laughs> that's our time. Oh, see, I like to do yeah, my, my drive time is my audiobook time. So, yeah. yeah, I really like to drive myself too to clear my head after work time. Now, if we could get Tesla to actually make cars that do drive themselves and like everybody had one and I didn't have to focus, then I could use that time to watch shows so that I could read when I got home. So I still contest that I would not speed up the drive home. 
I actually really love the idea, Vani, of being able to speed up your meetings because everybody thinks at a different rate. I mean, why couldn't they put a delay or something on it for, of course, then you'd, you'd, you'd all be done with the meeting at different times. That might be a little awkward. <laughs> be like well, the- there are some meetings I would love to, to be able to be like, and like turn it up and get out of there. But the, the Zooms are live when we watch them the first time. So you really couldn't speed them up. Oh, too bad. I would think that that would be an advantage because then, because when people get bored, a lot of times they're, they get distracted by other things and then they, their mind wanders. Well, of course, I'm just describing myself. What? I'm sorry. I'm shopping online. Uh, you see? You see? <laughs> I was joking. This is exactly what the problem is here. I think that I had, a, I had an all day Zoom meeting on Wednesday because I had they're doing statewide training. If you're any sort of any sort of public officer, which in my case is like the secretary of our basically our homeowners association, but everything statewide. I mean, you had people who work for city government, county governments, hospitals, transportation entities, all kinds of things. We all had to go through this training. And, and it does things where, I mean, it wasn't bad, except it was like nine to five. And as I paid attention to the part that applied to me, they were on a part that didn't so much apply to me. And I got a call that I had to take from my vet because I have a sick cat. So I took the call and I'm trying to like, just keep an eye on the thing. Cause I know we have six modules to cover and we had done five. It's like, well, there's one left, but eventually I ended up talking to the vet rather focusedly. And I looked back and they were saying something about, well, and here's how you get your certificate when to show you've completed this training. And I thought, okay, fine. Hang up from the vet. And I sit down and I thought, well, they must be on a break before the sixth module because there's just dead silence. And I'm waiting. And I'm and they had the little block in the corner that tells you how many participants are on the Zoom call. And it's like, it had been several hundred earlier in the day. Well, we're down to like, 18. And I'm going either only, and the last module was going to be about grants. It probably really didn't apply to a lot of people. It didn't so much apply to me, but it was like, did they just cancel the fifth <laughs> module or the sixth module? And I missed that. <laughs> if I sign out, will I get my certificate and not have to sit through this again? <laughs> I it was the 18 people. Five minutes and said, yeah, I think, you know, it's I think they decided not to make us all sit through grants. But no, I think 18 people weren't paying attention to the sixth session is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just walked away from their computer. I saw the Barbie movie this week, which I have to say I was pretty, pretty entertained by. It's very Wasn't it? It, It's so good. Yeah. I have not seen it yet. I'm still... I think I'm, I've sort of missed my window to go and see it at the theater. I'm going to have to watch it via streaming whenever uh, it comes what? out. It was, I think it comes out like this week or next yeah, streaming. Yeah. I think it'd be, it was still at the theaters there, but I have to say my favorite moment, the fact that Helen Mirren narrates it, it's like Helen Mirren is a goddess. She is yes. a goddess. She is. And yep. halfway through when Barbie says something and she sits down and she goes, I just feel so ugly. And Helen Mirren's voice comes on and says, 
Note to the movie producers, if you really want to make this point believable, you might think not about not casting Margot Robbie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Agree. That was a good lie. I love when the fourth wall gets broken. Uh, yeah. I, I love it when they do that. Chanel is yeah. such a cute little shit. She really is. Did, did you guys see that dog jumping up on Vani just now? No. God damn, she's a cute dog. She just got back from her grooming appointment. She's like this little white puffball. She looks like a cat. You know me. I'm not a dog. She's like a cockapoo. She's a Pomeranian. Pomeranian. She's a fox face Pomeranian. So I don't know. I've already got a pretty long torso, but it might be interesting to see how the belly button stickers actually look. I don't think any of us could really pull off a crop top, though. Now, uh, my crop top days are over. Damn it. But, but you know, if, if they make your legs look longer, think of the other creatures that could benefit from these things, like dachshunds. A dachshund with a fake belly button sticker to make its legs look longer. <laughs> <laughs> what about a corgi? Then they, I was they, about to say a corgi. Yep. They'd have you the legs. You see the queen's the... dogs like running around. <laughs> <laughs> Yorkies, you know, all of those little short-legged dogs. How would Chanel look with a, with a little fake belly button sticker? You think she'd look taller? That girl does not need any more attitude. But what even what's even funnier to me is the thought of said sticker. I mean, where would you place it amongst the nipples? Because they're dogs. They have, what, six? Do dogs have belly buttons? They don't, do they? Or do they? I don't. Well, actually, actually, that fits into next week's review, because I read a book that told the answer to that. Really? Yeah. So stay tuned for the answer of, do (laughs) dogs have belly buttons? Just to find out what book answers that question, (laughs) you've got to tune in. Talk about a cliffhanger next week on... Three Three Book book Girls. girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.